Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Senior, <laughs> a dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. We're kicking off a brand new week under the tutelage of our general manager. You're gonna hate me for this, Jack. Probably. Donald J. Trump, oh hand rested and ready. He's Here's back, that. everybody. Wow, our general manager. I'll tell you what, I'd give an assistant general manager to. Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Oh yeah, going into arms today across America. Give me some. Where's they got, mine? They got like eight doses available, but uh, it's supposed to be pretty effective. It's a one-shot deal. That's very exciting. Love that. Yeah. Bada! I was taking a look at the uh, the charts, the COVID charts too. They continue to look fantastic. 
Like everybody, I think I'm I'm waiting for that uh, that shocking U-turn that that sobers us all up again. But not so far, I don't think. I don't think it's possible, according to Doctor Gottlieb. I he does. He right. says it's not possible for to, to have a U-turn because we got over forty percent in all your major areas, and uh, statistics show that that uh, kind of drives it away. So there you go. Saw Fauci on one of the shows yesterday trying to convince us we should still continue to be scared to death. But uh, that's his thing. So That is his thing. Um, He's all break, no gas pedal. Duh, uh, here's my favorite story. I just heard it. I've heard it several times. It's on my mind, so I'll mention it here or I'll forget about it. How about old French President Sarkozy? The former French president? I'm having trouble picturing him for some reason. Oh, I can now, I think. he was. He didn't look like a child like the current guy. Right, good-looking older fellow, black hair, I think. Anyway, he's been convicted of a number of crimes, and he might actually go to prison. Um, uh, no longer president, but uh, these are things that happened when he was president. So there was somebody was investigating him, investigating, I think it was for Libya, giving money to his campaign to help him get elected. Ooh. Under the idea that he was doing favors for Libya. But anyway, that's one crime. The cover-up was... He gave the judge who was in charge of whether or not he was guilty of that crime an ambassadorship to Morocco <laughs> to try to bribe him. Wow. And the investigation proved that that indeed was a bribe attempt, and that is what he is in super big trouble for. But Wow, the judge take the gig or what? That'd be kind of fun. I don't know, but Morocco? how about that? You're president of a country, and you say, hey, judge, would you like to live the next however many years in Morocco with you and your family? All expenses paid. You don't really have to do anything. Nothing to do with my case or anything. No, I just thought just... who would be good in Morocco. <laughs> and I thought of you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So Donald Trump is our uh, general manager because he spoke at CPAC yesterday. I watched about half the speech. It was uh, pretty much classic Trump. He leaned heavily on the differences between him and uh, the Biden administration. A lot mm-hmm. more of that than there was any of the... The election was stolen, although he threw a couple of jabs in there on that, but it wasn't the focus. It was basically what we suggested on Friday, if he was wanting to get back in the game. You know, my headline would be, Trump calls for Republican unity on his terms. And we have some clips to play for you. Awesome. We'll get into that later. I also saw the thought the second story on 60 Minutes last night was freaking fascinating. I also think it's fascinating. Why did this come out last night? What is going on there? Who Who is keeping this story uh, more or less under wraps all this time? And that's the story of, remember when we killed old Salamander, the Iranian general? <laughs> Suleimani, I believe, is the uh, pronunciation, but go on. And Trump dropped a drone on his head. Yes. And then the story that we were told and went with for the past year and a half was, and then Iran gave us a heads up and lobbed a couple of missiles at one of our bases. They had to show the world that they weren't just going to roll over. So it was kind of gesture, and we went along with it, and uh, that was that. Well, not according to 60 Minutes last night. That's not what it was at all. It was one of the um, one of the strongest aerial attacks on the United States in history. And all which it's just amazing that we didn't lose a ton of soldiers and a ton of ship uh, aircraft and tanks and all that sort of stuff. Yep. And it, it, it's it's freaking frightening. And why were we told what, what what's going on there? First casualty of war is the truth, and often for good reason on your side. I don't mind being lied to about military matters. I really don't, for the most part. Um, 
But why Why did we all go along, the press, everybody, why is everybody told, you know, it's kind of a, a, a half, half-hearted half effort to attack the United States to save face. No, it was a full-on effort to try to kill a whole bunch of U.S. soldiers and blow up a whole bunch of our planes, and it's just freaking luck and, uh, and, and great logistics that uh, avoided that. Yeah, I would say it's definitely a combination of luck and the the fantastic capabilities of the American military. I think the the answer to your question is the same reason a, a boxer acts like he's not hurt when somebody lands a, a square one. Uh, you just you act like you're fine. I remember the claim was that virtually no injuries uh, after it happened, when in fact there was a tremendous amount of traumatic brain injury and, and and that sort of thing. And again, when you have that much luck involved and a whole bunch of people not getting killed, um. You know, you got to you got to treat it a different way. And so why did it come out yesterday? You know, a couple of things have happened in the last week with the negotiations back and forth between Biden and Iran. We've been warning them about this. They've basically been saying, no, we're going to do whatever we want. Oh, yeah. How about this? No, we're still going to do whatever we want. And then they announced over the weekend, you know, hours before this story came out on 60 Minutes, that uh, Iran said, no, we're not, we're not going to do a sit down meeting with uh, with the United States. So we're offering him a sit-down meeting against the uh, better judgment of a lot of negotiators, uh, you know, people I agree with, that it was a, uh, giving them way too much, and they still said, nah, we're not going to sit down with you. Mm. Mm. And so I don't know. If, I, I, I don't know if this was like to drum up public support for, hey, Iran is bad and we might have to do something. That, that's the way I take it. Wow. I don't, I don't So are you picturing like the, the word came down from the Biden administration to 60 minutes? Hey, go ahead and run that Iran piece. I don't think it was that recent. I don't think it was like yesterday afternoon. You know, they had it in the can for the past six months and they just released it. Right. But I think, you know, this puts Iran and their attack on us in a much different light. And if they had told us the truth originally, if the, if America had been told the truth about how many bombs they lobbed at our base and how many soldiers they tried to kill, there would have been quite the public pressure on Trump to really go after them. Agreed. He would have had to. Uh, uh, an even more interesting question slash scenario to me is uh, why did Trump himself, why did the administration right. keep it quiet? They, right. I have a feeling they thought, all right, we took out Soleimani, we dodged, well, I almost said a bullet, actually 18 ballistic missiles, and uh, and the damage was fairly minor. Why don't we let things lie? We won this round big. Let's just uh, pocket our winnings and go home for now. Yeah, man, that damage was not very minor. Uh, I mean, compared to what it could have been, but it was not very minor. I don't know if you've seen the videos, but it's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely unbelievable. Well, the drums of war would have been beaten good and loud, too, among the American people if they've taken out a dozen or a hundred of our guys. And it easily could have happened. Oh, yeah. The public pressure would have been overwhelming for Trump to attack. And I just wonder, now that we're being told what uh, they've actually done, what kind of public pressure Biden's trying to whip up. I don't know. Anyway, more on that later. We'll play some clips from that 60 Minutes story. Really interesting stuff. Um, yeah, it's another reminder to me. Hey, foreign policy is back as a story between China and Iran and Russia. And their, their giant uh, solar winds attack on all of our Internet stuff. The solar, um, <clears throat> sorry, foreign policy is back as a story, as it should have been for the past four years. Yeah, it never left. It was just ignored. Mm-hmm. It's teamwork that makes the dream work. Let's introduce everybody in the squad. There's our board operator, Michelangelo. I'm sorry, technical director, Michelangelo. Pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Oh, pretty good. Real quick here, you've got to re- remind everybody, Jack, that rent is due. Oh, yeah, it's March 1st. The rent is too damn high. I hear that. Rent is due. Hey, Michael, every time he calls you board operator, you ought to file a grievance with the union. Yeah, I'll are think you, about are it. You, are you unionized? Uh, no, not at Thank all. You. Thank you. No, no. 
Do all those like all those former co-workers of Andrew Cuomo just come forward with all that? And then this is what he said three years ago. Yeah. Hey, listen, guys. My wife and I have been watching the British Baking Show. I know it's kind of a guilty pleasure. What's it called? The British Baking Show. That's the name of it. Yeah. Wow. That's a good name for it. Yeah. Tells you right what you're going to get. But it's amazing what they can bake. It's They'll motorcycle make... racing in Orlando. But... <laughs> um, they, they can make amazing stuff. Like one guy did the Eiffel Tower with a cake and stuff like that. So I have decided as one of my... Uh, one of the things I'm going to do in 2021, I'm going to learn to cook and bake. I can't cook or bake anything right now at all, so I'm going to get some cookbooks, and I'm going to learn to actually make real meals. Mm. And when I get something good, I will bring it in and share it with all of you. So, awesome. Fabulous. So I'm going to start. Baking I'm, is its own skill and art form, I'm told by people that do it. I don't do it, but it's 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 a world away from just cooking. Cooking is an art. Baking is a science. You need to be precise with baking. Really? Yeah, you yeah. do. Interesting. My kids are really into Nailed It. That's their favorite baking show. Oh, yeah. If you've ever seen Hilarious. One. They Hilarious. love Nailed It. Nailed It! And usually they did not nail it at all. <laughs> they were not even close to nailing it. There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing quite well. Just a quick update on the the air fryer life. Uh, the, 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 <laughs> the single biggest thing that it continues to be for me is a French fry reheater and or just making uh, frozen French fries on my own plate. That is the biggest thing that it has enabled for me that I did not have before. My, uh, I, I'm no longer using it for, you know, all three of my meals per day, but it still gets some frequent use. I'm very happy with the purchase. Just awesome. French fry rewarmer. What would you pay for that? <laughs> Depends on how much you like French fries. And yeah, I like I them a so. lot. It's a good point. An air fryer update. We should, we should get those at least the first of every month. If not so here's qu- the biggest not quarterly. So I, I got more. So here's the biggest, <laughs> here's the biggest thing that it actually changes. So when I would order, uh, your various delivery, uh, takeout sort of stuff prior, I would be compelled to however many French fries came with it. I need to eat all of these right now sure. before the rest of the meal because they're no good later. Because yeah, it's sure. garbage later, and I can I can do some sort of reheat facsimile of the entree prior. But now I don't have to do that. Now I can just eat the meal as mm. is intended, and then keep proper portionings later. For now, I got another second meal. It's right up there with the development of. Penicillin. What a time to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Monday, March 1st. Rent is due. The year 2021. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin then officially now, according to FCC rules and reg- regulations. Here we go at Mark. Oh, he's got all the awards locked up. Rookie of the year locked up. MVP locked up. Prettiest hog at the Mecklenburg County Fair locked up. That would be... Kenan Thompson doing his uh, uh, Mr. Ball impersonation. <laughs> One of my favorite characters that he's ever done. It really is. It really is. And you don't have to like basketball to enjoy it. Um, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's terrific. Really starting the month off in style. Starting the month off in style. As far as you know. Uh, we'll, we'll catch up on all the news of the weekend. I hope you didn't watch it. And uh, we, that's our job. And we'll let you know what's going on in the world. Text line 415-295-KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We can play a little trumpet CPAC coming up later. Uh, We were just talking about food. I came across this review of a cookbook over the weekend. This is... Well, I'll just... Cookbook reviews. Blood is a respected ingredient around the world, but not in the United States. A new cookbook aims to change that. Oh. 
Blah. I like this cookbook very much. I didn't know that. Only in the United States do we not use blood regularly as an ingredient. I'm familiar with blood sausage, the, the British treat. i got a number of examples for you. Sounds really icky to me. It uh, does sound icky to me, but well, I'll, I'll read from the review later. It's kind of interesting. I mean, uh, intellectually, I can grasp it. I get it. <sighs> I think if you told me that's what's in something, I couldn't even taste it. Some yummy congealed blood. Now oh, dig geez. in, kids. Oh, Nothing counts so much as blood. Easy. That's right, Gene. Mailbag. Hey. Woo-hoo. Continuing our freedom-loving quotes of the day from George Washington Carver at the suggestion of one of our beloved listeners. Uh, he once said, and I appreciate this, start where you are with what you have. Make something of it and never be satisfied. Cool. There's always somebody with more, more opportunity, more money, more whatever. He invented the idea of having a guy tend to the big tri-tip at a buffet, right? (laughs) I don't believe that's correct, although I'll recheck the historical record. George Washington Carver. Uh, Andrew and Indy uh, leading off the correspondence proper with a uh, a note entitled, The Government is a Loan Shark. There's a lot of fervor online about the presence of stimulus checks, the passing of the stimulus bill. A $1.9 trillion stimulus bill. Simple math means that for each of the 350 million or so of us in the U.S., our share of that stimulus is about $5,500. Of course, that doesn't include interest. So we're all hoping to get $2,000 cash on a $5,500 loan? We're doomed, Andrew and Indy. I like it when I read the various uh, economists in the Wall Street Journal saying... Nobody's ever tried this before, so we'll see what happens in terms of printing this much money, going this far in debt compared to your GDP and everything like that. Nobody's ever tried this before, so let's see what happens. I mean, everybody who's ever tried this sort of thing before has gone bankrupt and ruined their country, but we'll see how it turns out. Note to self, buy gold. Moving along, here's Major Mike. Guys, I have a net worth of over $5 million. Congratulations. I have a net worth over 5 million pesos. <laughs> Wealth. I'm retired. I have over $90,000 per year in recurring income and zero debt. Yet the Harris administration insisted on sending us stimulus money. We have had absolutely zero financial impact from the coronavirus. The check went right into savings as the rainy days are coming. So, wow, that's somebody with just loads and loads of money, but they got a stimulus check because they don't have that much income. It's funny. My parents, who don't have that kind of money, but you know, they're, they're retired and, and solid and everything like that, they got a stimulus check, and they're like, whatever, <laughs> put, it in, put it in the account. Mm. Uh, similar topic. Uh, I hate to agree with uh, Jack. But it had no effect, is the point. It had no effect on anything. It was just wealth redistribution. Yeah, it didn't stimulate anything. No. I hate to agree with Jacques' kind view of Joe Binden, but... You know, folks, uh, by their actions, not their words. This was when Jack said he he doesn't think uh, Biden's the hardcore, get everybody dependent on the government type. But uh, let's see. uh, Thomas writes, uh, enslaving Americans via welfare to gain power over them is just that, enslavement. One more sign, we're circling the drain. Circling the drain. Yep. Then he says, hey, Jack, block the a-hole haters on the text line. Life's too short. You know, we actually keep an eye on them because we turn this stuff over to the cops and they keep an eye on you. You might want to know that, but... Yeah, some of the threatening ones, yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, you can email us anytime you want. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. If there's something we ought to be talking about or you want to make a comment, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. You wouldn't believe how much information the cops can get from your phone number. It's really quite extraordinary. (laughs) Trump at CPAC on the way. Armstrong and Getty. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For the next four years, the brave Republicans in this room will be at the heart of the effort to oppose the radical Democrats, the fake news media, and their toxic cancel culture. Something new to our ears, cancel culture. And I want you to know that I'm going to continue to fight right by your side. We will do what we've done right from the beginning, which is to win. Yeah, I don't know what clip you're planning on playing next. I don't want to, you know, say what he's going to say. But really, the headline of the day was 
No third party. That is definitely the news of the day. Yeah, let's go ahead and run it. Clip 32, Sean. We're not starting new parties. You know, they kept saying, he's going to start a brand new party. We have the Republican Party. It's going to unite and be stronger than ever before. I am not starting a new party. That was fake news. Fake news, no. Wouldn't that be brilliant? Let's start a new party and let's divide our vote so that you can never win. No, we're not interested in that. Yeah, that's definitely the news of the day out of the CPAC convention yesterday. So Trump is not going off to start a new party. It's, I don't know who made up that story in the beginning. Um, and uh, and we'll see where things end up in four well, years. <laughs> he is starting an enormously rich political action committee, though, that is going to kneecap in the primaries anybody who voted for impeaching him or anything like that. They've already made a couple of announcements, so we'll see. That's going to be one of the interesting barometers about uh, how the Republican Party develops in the perhaps post-Trump era. If indeed the candidates he backs uh, primary successfully, some of the folks who were more anti-Trump among the Republican Party, that's going to mean something. And and vice versa, too. That'll be a, a powerful indicator. I was listening to some political strategists uh, over the weekend on a podcast, and I, I do think a good angle for the Republican Party just in general, and um, and Trump could certainly uh, lead this if, if that's the direction he wants to go, is really go after the wokeism hard. I mean, because you got the, the, the vast majority of America agrees with that, you know, that wokeism is insane. And, uh, you know, be, be, be clearly the party that, that doesn't agree with all that and is going to stop that. that. That's an easy win. Right. And figure out the rest of the stuff as you go. You know, whose party it is, blah, 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 all that beltway chatter. It, it, you know, the, the Democratic Party has, for the longest time, been a completely unholy, uh, you know, duct tape together amalgamation of a bunch of different special interests that really have nothing to do with each other. They just want to drain taxpayers' pockets. And so, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with saying, okay, here's what we do agree on. Let's hammer this stuff, and we'll work the rest out behind the scenes. Now, uh, at the risk of uh, talking about 2024, I did find some of the polling they did at CPAC interesting. Uh, big big numbers. Uh, well, 55% supported Trump's re-election in 24, but just 55%. Ron DeSantis of Florida was at 21%. So you expected it to be higher than that, huh? Mm, yeah, well, this is interesting. 68% of attendees wanted Trump to run again, but only 55% supported him, you know, as the candidate. Uh, so I'm not sure exactly what that means. Maybe they were drinking. Uh, but DeSantis, without Trump as an option, DeSantis led the field with 43%. Christy Nome of South Dakota, cutie, 11%. Former Vice President Mike Pence. At I noticed 1%. you noticed. I noticed you commented on the physical attractiveness of the female candidate. Yes. You didn't say anything about the male candidates. Yes, correct. Yes, I'm a heterosexual male. <laughs> uh, let's see. I reject that entirely. Everything oh. you just said. <laughs> Good. Super. You going to cancel me? Heterosexual She's a lovely male woman. Okay, boomer. Please Love. do not use what? gendered language what? Uh, to, why? to address everyone. Why not? <laughs> Everybody's got a sex. You know what's crazy about the wokeism thing? And we have some great <laughs> stuff on that topic. And, and this, I think this is such a good point. It's not my original thought, but I read it and I thought it was so true. You got some uh, biological female who has a lot of masculine characteristics. 
that female is increasingly told you're actually a man. You're a man trapped in a woman's body. It rejects the idea that there are all sorts of different kinds of women. Right. You can be a completely girly girl. You can be a really butch chick. You're still a woman, and we still love you and respect you. Yeah, former tem- tennis great uh, Martina Navratilova, she's big on the men shouldn't be allowed to play women's tennis. She, right. she She's a gay woman, um, but she does not... Um, intersectionality wise, go for so trans people get to do the whole dude playing female uh, tennis thing. She she doesn't believe that, and she says men would would dominate tennis. And she but but as a gay woman, she's against that, and she's a pretty manly um, female. Let's want, say masculine. Masculine. Can you even say that? I don't even. I don't, I don't know what the proper term is. I don't. Say. I don't want to be uh, insulting. I didn't. That was not my intention. Um. Uh. I don't know what would be the proper term, but. Yeah. yeah. But like you're saying, there's different kinds of uh, women and men. Sure. Absolutely. And, you know, if there's a a flaw of the past, I I hate that uh, particularly effeminate guys would get beat up or harassed or whatever. I don't think that's right. No. Um, But, yeah, that every effeminate boy who likes to play with dolls, all of a sudden the activists want to get him to to have a surgery and take hormones and, and... uh, puberty blockers and the rest of it. No, just let him be a, a girly boy. That's fine. There's there's room for everybody. Certainly under the Armstrong and Getty tent. Oh, one more note on this topic. Maybe we'll get to it later, but great opinion piece in the USA Today over the weekend. Uh, transgender women. Uh, what's the headline? It's pretty good. Uh, not a fair fight. Our athlete daughters should not have to compete with transgender women. Really good stuff. Um, I want to go through some of the Golden Globe winners uh, next segment because it tips me off to what shows to watch on Netflix, if, if, if nothing else, uh, movies and TV shows and stuff like that. I'm wearing an S Creek t-shirt today, which oh, they, look at that. they did win best comedy, so I'm uh, wearing the team colors. Maybe the best comedy of all time. Holy um, cow, i got to get back to that show. But we'll go through wow. some of that uh, uh, later. I want, uh, and Andrew Cuomo, is he going to survive this? I wonder. Yeah, I certainly more, hope not. Uh, more women coming forward saying he's a sex pig in addition to, you know, all his other problems. Uh, if it were, when was that? Two, three years ago when Al Franken, you know, ended up resigning as a U.S. senator for practically nothing. There's all kinds of people losing their jobs for, for, for hardly anything. Yep. Uh, but Andrew Cuomo, you know, we, we're, we've, we apparently we're not as hardcore as we used to be. Because he's well, way further down the road of clearly guilty than a lot of those people were, and he's still hanging in there. Oh, he's 50 times as toxic as Al Franken, for instance. It reminds me of my uh, my buddy uh, Grant Napier, the former voice of the Sacramento Kings, who got caught up in the whole Black Lives Matter thing, like the single worst day he could have, where anybody who didn't just lay down, show their belly, and beg for forgiveness for having light-colored skin was just, you know, shoved out of their career. It was absolutely unjust, but he just had the horrific timing of an Al Franken. If you haven't Cuomo, heard the... meanwhile, is sticking his tongue in people's mouths and getting away with it. <laughs> if you haven't heard the latest charges against him, uh, we'll get that to you and the Golden Globe stuff, but I'll, I'll, I'll uh, run through this real quick. So, in other parts of the world, apparently blood is a, is a regular ingredient. I mean, it's not... We're all reacting, I think, uh, with like, ugh. But in the rest of the world, and I didn't know this, no, it's like it's like a lot of ingredients. Why are you making that face? God, rationally, I can completely deal with it. Uh, a new book. But, oh, so gross. It's a sickener. Uh, blood pudding? Blood pancakes are popular around the world? Yeah! Chicken with blood and live in sauce? 
and sweet blood custard. That sounds like something I'd say if I stubbed my toe earlier. <laughs> ah, sweet blood custard. That hurts. Oh, my God. Sounds like an 11-minute heavy metal song. Sweet blood custard. That's going to be my new. <laughs> that is pretty good. <laughs> what happened, uh, honey? I kicked the coffee table, damn it. Uh, but this uh, cook is this cook is trying to um, uh, shift prevailing attitudes toward cooking with blood in North America. Good luck. <laughs> if you really think about it, milk is kind of weird to be drinking it and where it comes from. If you think about eggs and what they are, it's kind of weird to be eating eggs. All right, the milk one was stupid. Eggs, I'll grant. I mean, every mammal suckles as an infant. That's a decent point there. Yeah, so nothing could be more natural. You're right. It's dopey. All beasts consume milk yeah. as a beverage. Okay. Yeah. Right. And we don't blood. Well, blood is but tissue. But eggs is weird. Eggs I mean, is, meat, yeah. meat, you know, come on. I realize well, like, beasts uh, pull down, you know, other beasts in the wild and eat their meat, but. Sure. Yeah, and lap up their blood, too. Oh, yeah. And, and egg-eating is, is practically universal. In the animal world. Man, my dogs eat a lot of eggs. Oh, Sean, I forgot to bring your eggs in. I got an entire dozen eggs for you. Awesome. Farm fresh eggs. Awesome. They'll be a day less fresh tomorrow. Nah. <laughs> you should but, see the stuff I eat. But they're they're straight out of the, the, the chicken's bottom uh, or wherever they come oh, out of. I don't know. I think it's got a different name than that. <laughs> yeah, don't bring the stuff that comes out of the chicken's bottom. But our Nobody dogs eat so many eggs. So we got chickens running everywhere, and they, they find places to lay eggs, and then the, the particularly our... Uh, or uh, what is he? Australian cattle dog. Um, he finds them and then just lays in the yard. He'll he'll like collect a bunch of eggs and just lay there with a smile on his face, eating wow. eggs all day. Just long. cracks them, eats them raw like yeah, Rocky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah get that exactly. dog a frying pan. Man, I bet he's, he's got a shiny coat, huh? Dirty egg sucking dog. Anyway, <laughs> uh, some of that stuff we teased on the way, among other things. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The TV is the one that I watch five hours straight, but a movie is the one that I don't turn on because it's two hours. I don't want to be in front of my TV for two hours. I want to be in front of the TV for one hour five times. (laughs) I think the rule is if their fake teeth look real, that's a movie. And if their real teeth look fake, that's TV. If the British actors are playing British people, it's TV. If they're playing Americans, it's a movie. If you're like, Mario Lopez is surprisingly good in this, that's TV. (laughs) And if if it stars Matthew McConaughey as a poetic drifter, it's a car commercial. (laughs) We watch TV and movies differently. Like in movies, it's called human trafficking. But on TV, it's called 90 Day Fiance. Wow. Uh, so that's Amy Poehler and Tina Fey on the difference between TV and movies as part of their Golden Globe hosting duties last night, which I did not see any of. There's so much good stuff over the weekend for me to catch everything. Uh, we got some highlights from it, though. They're right about the whole TV versus movie thing. We've been saying that for quite some time. Um, what, what's a TV show? Why? Why? When are they going to blow up this whole category thing? And the idea that a movie is too long, it's three hours. I'm not going right. to watch that, but I'm going to watch five seasons of this show I just discovered in one weekend. It's you know, kind of funny. I think there's something significant about human nature in that. Just We're willing to make multiple short-term commitments 
We're perfectly comfortable with that. I don't expect... If I'm setting out to watch three episodes of a one-hour show, I don't expect at any point to be thinking, when does this get over? If I watch a three-hour movie, I know that at some point I'm going to be thinking, oh, geez, when does this get over? For some reason. Maybe that's the nature, the like the narrative arc of a one-hour episode versus a two-and-a-half-hour movie. Say, there's just There's no slow middle part in a one-hour TV show. If there is, it'd be off the air. Which makes you, is there a need for a movie? It would be better to play do all stories in, in episodes. That's like saying, is there a need for a book? Why not just have magazine articles? That's a good question. Well, that is a good question. Now that I think about it, We've been yes, it for a long time. Clearly. Well, of course, Atlantic articles are a book. So mm-hmm. I don't even like you were saying. It's time to get rid of these distinctions. Some of your winners, best motion picture. That's like maybe the biggest award of the entire night. Went to Nomadland, which I'm not sure I was even aware existed. Nomadland. Uh, okay, Frances McDormand. Yeah, yeah, talent. She's great in everything she does, so I fully believe just, it is also give me, good. Can somebody give me 10 seconds on what this is about? Uh, yeah. It seems to be... Uh, a lion hunter fights uh, the unionization of his local paper plant. Uh, <laughs> a plucky boxer uh, taken from the streets uh, becomes the Queen of England. I, <laughs> I like that Sean, one. Sean. Plucky boxer becomes Queen of England. <laughs> From the the one the one trailer I've seen of it, it seems to be about a an aging woman kind of uh, going on a a bit of a road trip to refine herself and uh, yeah. uh, yes, yes. I hate it already. Hippie something. <laughs> I hate it already. I don't. I, I'm 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 kind of against because I've seen a bunch of them. The aging stars relating to our aging population, and I understand the the, the impetus for it, but it's just I don't know. It wears me out. Um, but so Nomadland won best movie, best, best motion picture, musical or comedy, Borat's new thing, subsequent movie film, won a, won a bunch of awards. They loved it. He won for best actor in a yep. musical or dramedy or whatever yeah. the heck. Best director is a person from Nomadland, so I guess that's a... Your Oscar favorite, if anybody gives a crap. Best limited series or TV movie, The Queen's Gambit? Oh, yes. Yeah. That's the, so cute. That's the the chess one. The chess playing mm-hmm. one. The crown, which, which is interestingly about the queen's gambits, won a ton. And I haven't seen any of it, but it just the the, the it looks annoying to me. So it's an awards show, darling. It cleans up at these things all the time. It's <laughs> it, it's very good quality. It's just not a flavor that I'm a fan of. Well, it's a brilliantly done interpretation of a story I don't give a crap about. Yes. Yeah, that's the pro- that's the problem. You can do you can do dead on perfect everything telling a story about the royal family and I just sorry, not that forget it. Best I was just reading an interview uh Corden did with Prince Harry. I never I didn't see that. But he strikes me as an incredibly sane human. Which is why he left the stupidity of the royal family. Exactly. And yeah. and the the venomous, mean stupidity of the British tabloids. The Crown won Best TV Drama Series, Best Actress, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actress. All by The Crown, which yeah. I'm never going to watch. Well, again, the production values are like it's a $100 million movie. Best actor in a television series, musical, or comedy went to Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso, which I started watching. That is a really good show. Hmm. He created it and stars in it. It's it's one of those um, uh, complex art. I mean, it, they they call it a comedy. Everybody refers to it as a comedy, but there's a lot of serious stuff in there. He's, 
he and his wife are uh, splitting up, he thinks, and so he takes this job in England to give their marriage a break, and he's checking in on the wife and the kid and trying to keep that together while he does his job. So there's a lot of serious in there. Um, good show. Is that the football coach yep. coaching soccer yep. Move? Yep. show? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the super rich, bitter, haughty cougar who owns the English soccer team hired a bad coach on purpose to punish her ex-husband. But then guess what happens? They Uh-oh. rallied around him. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, pretty good show. Really, really like it. S Creek, which I'm wearing an S Creek t-shirt right now. It's spelled S-C-H-I-T-T-S. One best comedy or musical series in its final year. It is maybe the best comedy that's ever existed if you haven't watched it. Um, what other any? But you have to fight your way through the first season, right? I I no longer I no longer believe that at all. Having gone back and watched the original episode, the first episodes, they're every bit as funny. You have to get used to the flavor. Hmm. You have to come for nuance. If you watch, if you watch Friends or I I don't know, pick a pick pick a sitcom. It's it's if you can't go into with that mindset. I'm a big Gilligan's Island man myself. <laughs> That'd be perfect. According Poking to Jim. Humor. According, yeah, according to Jim. If you're it's an another good one, Michael. <laughs> oh, it is all about nuance. And then I don't know what. Bell's animated movie Soul. My kids love that. If your kids haven't seen Soul, watch that this week. They watch it. And did they, they, they like that one? Yeah. It's about Thomas Sowell, right? <laughs> exactly. I love that movie. I was, I was worried. I, I was interested in how kids would uh, digest it because it's a deep movie. Yeah, they liked it. I don't know that they took the deep stuff. Okay. I think they took the comedy and uh, looked past the deep stuff. Hey, talking cat. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Nancy Pelosi ended her silence in the, over the weekend yesterday, calling Cuomo's sexual harassment allegations credible. This is seen as a major turn for some reason. Well, they are credible, and he's a pig. Uh, another woman came forward when we come back um, next hour. We can tell you what this woman said, but um, is he going to survive this or not? I was thinking the other day I heard the Virginia governor talking. and I thought, oh, yeah, that's right. He was toast and done for wearing blackface, and then he almost danced there. He almost broke dance in front of the politicians. Till his My wife, wife tells me that's not appropriate. <laughs> well. Anyway, it looked like he was on the ropes and he survived. If you can just last that burst of fever we get for things, mm. if you can last one day longer than that, everybody forgets about it and moves on to something else. Well, and that dunderhead Gavin Newsom is really on the ropes as well. Saturday Night Live took some shots at oh, him, yeah. even though they are liberals. We should play a clip or two from that on the way. Happy to mm. see that. Um, lots of stuff. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Lots to get to today to start the week. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.